Steadfast God, search for us, and may we find you in these words and our meditations. Amen. Congratulations. Even though it feels like five minutes to ten to your body, you are here. Well done. That may have taken a little bit of extra coffee this morning. It did for me. I was sipping it while I was the godly play door person. Thank you, Heidi, for letting me do that. It reminded me, our need, our, our need for a little extra coffee this morning, of a conversation I had in Starbucks as coffee freshly poured had steam wafting up between me and the gentleman who had asked to speak with me, he launched right into his story. So I'm sitting next to my 13-year-old daughter in church, and they pray, he says, they pray for those who don't have faith or those who doubt. And she says in a voice loud enough for everybody around us to hear, well, it's about time they're praying for me. I don't believe. In my life, long life of going to church, I have often wished that more people were like this man's 13-year-old daughter. I've wished that people really shared their thoughts, what they leaned into in the creed, and what was difficult for them, what they had once known, and what they were no longer sure about. How would our coffee hour, our, forma- our forum, our Saturday morning men's Bible study, or our Wednesday lectionary be stu- study be different if people did that? If we did share our doubts, our fears, our wonderings, our curiosities and ideas, we would simply be following in the footsteps of Nicodemus, who we meet in today's gospel. If Jesus meets Nicodemus as he is, only brave enough to seek Jesus at night, in the dark, away from the listening ears of other Jewish leaders, won't he take us as we are too? In this reading from John chapter 3, Nicodemus seeks out Jesus to share with him what he knows. Listen, Jesus, Nicodemus says, "Uh, the proof is in the pudding. I can see from the things you're doing that God's presence is really with you. I know that. He comes to make a statement. Jesus hears what Nicodemus says. And right away, he nudges Nicodemus to the next level. Okay, Jesus says, you can see that I have God's presence, but did you know that no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above? Poor Nicodemus. He starts with a statement of certainty, but he's immediately thrust into doubt. Wait! What? There's no way that somebody can be born again. Like, what are the logistics of that? Jesus replies, some things are of the flesh and some things are of the spirit. That's how it is. Nicodemus questions again, how is all of this possible? In his answer to Nicodemus' question, Jesus says, 
Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Now to us, this sentence seems puzzling. Moses, snake, life, huh? But Nicodemus would have known this story of Moses and the serpent backward and forward, just like we do the Christmas pageant or the story of the Last Supper. Here, buried in the middle of Nicodemus' conversation with Jesus, is a wonderful story about doubt, death, and life. Let me tell it to you now. The Israelites have been wandering the desert. They have just finished fighting the Canaanites and won an extremely difficult battle in the middle of the desert. And the people are worn out and they're mad. And they're grumbling, not just against Moses, but also against God. Why did they bring us here? Things were better with slavery. There's no food, there's no water, this place is terrible, and this manna stuff that's been coming from heaven, you know what, we really don't like it. (laughs) Moses might not have heard them, but God sure did. And he sent poisonous snakes that bit the Israelites and killed many of them. Suddenly, it seems the Israelites wanted to change their tune. They find Moses and say, um... Actually, Moses, we think we might have sinned. Yeah, we're pretty sure we sinned. We did. So could you talk to God and let him know we made a mistake? We're super sorry. You know, even this manna tastes better today. So if you could just let God know all this and get rid of those snakes, we'd really be grateful. So Moses prayed for the people. And God spoke to Moses and told him, Make a poisonous snake out of bronze and place it on a pole where the people can see it. Whoever is bitten by a snake and looks at the bronze serpent will live. So Moses made a bronze snake, placed it on a pole, and when people looked at it, they lived. Think of that. The Israelites doubted God, wondered what they were doing in this desert, how all of this would end, and the symbol of the serpent, the very creature that symbolized distance from God, expulsion from Eden, the very thing that was causing them to die, it was that symbol reimagined that brought them life. Their doubt brought death, and fixing their eyes on the bronze serpent brought life. That is the story that Nicodemus would have known in his very bones when Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus tells Nicodemus that when we doubt, when we have questions, when we are in the grip of death, 
Setting our eyes on Jesus has the power to bring life. In our American culture, we are beset by doubt. As we have begun truth-telling about the structures of power, that there is abuse, that the systems are rigged in favor of the strong and against the weak, we entered a crisis of authority in medicine, religion, economics, you name it. Were you one of the people that was overprescribed opioids by a doctor because they were incentivized by a pharmaceutical company? Were you one of the millions of Wells Fargo clients for whom the company created fraudulent checking and savings accounts without your consent? There is a good reason that we don't trust authority. Thank you, Ziggy. I wish more of you amened. Add to this the constant proclamation about fake news. Is the coronavirus under control and A-OK? Or as the CDC says, do we need to take precautions? Do our intelligence agencies give us some needed information or should it be disregarded? Facts and truth don't seem to exist anymore. We live in an era of doubt. In our American context, Jesus' words to Nicodemus are critical. When you doubt, when you are in the grip of death, look to me, the human one, who brings eternal life. So if we are to follow Jesus' words to Nicodemus, where do we find Jesus? Perhaps you look to the Eucharist, where we gather with those from the communion of saints, past, present, and yet to come in remembrance of him. Perhaps you look to the least of these, the poor, the sick, and the imprisoned, as Jesus tells us to do in Matthew 25. Perhaps you look to contemplation. Richard Rohr says that contemplation is a long, loving look at the real, with a capital R. When you look at something long enough, Rohr says, something like a leaf, and you love it, and let it be reality for you, you are at the first door of contemplation of the human one. After Jesus refers to Moses and the serpent, he proclaims a line that is at the heart of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him may have life. Look to him. Look for him, whether in the Eucharist, serving another, or in the contemplation of a leaf. I wonder, where will you find him? Amen.